Hello, ghouls. Welcome to Brave the Basement. I'm your host, the ghoul that rules. I'm your co-host, Black One Jack 2. If you enjoy getting a little scared, ghost stories, haunted houses, a believer in the supernatural, or maybe even a skeptic want to look at things from a different perspective, then this is the show for you. Today's episode is sponsored by Ed's Barbershop. Ed's Barbershop is located at 210 Lane Street, North Judson, Indiana. So if you enjoy getting your hair cut from a hometown barber with that old-fashioned feel, dial 574-896-3344 and schedule your appointment today. Hey, Blackjack, how's it going? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, excited about today's episode, which uh, I don't know what we're doing. So today we're going to be talking about the Stanley Hotel. Have you ever heard of the Stanley Hotel? No, I've never heard of the Stanley Hotel. Have you ever seen the movie The Shining? I've never seen the movie The Shining. Have you ever seen the movie Ready Player One? I have seen the movie Ready Player One. So in the movie Ready Player One, where they go to a hotel within the game, because if you if you remember, the movie like, takes place inside of a game. What movie was inside of the game? The Shining. That is right. And what do you remember from the Ready Player One about The Shining? Red rum, red rum. So you just remember the red rum. Uh, also, there was a naked lady. A naked lady in a, in a bathroom, right? Yeah, we got to keep it PG. So, for those who don't know, which most paranormal people would know this, The Shining was actually written by, do you know who, Blackjack? Uh, uh, hang on, hang on, it's coming to me. Stephen King. That is correct. Stephen King. I was about to say uh, R.L. Stein for a second. I was like, no, that's Goosebumps. That's Goosebumps. Um, so, do you ever wonder? Well, you never even seen the movie. So, for those of you wondering where Stephen King got the inspiration for The Shining, it was from the very real Stanley Hotel. In the fall of 1974, writer Stephen King and his wife stopped for the night at an old hotel overlooking the city. Once among the grand dames of the West, the Stanley had fallen on hard times and was a ghost of its former self. Upon arriving, the Kings learned the hotel was closing for the winter and only a skeleton crew remained. Nonetheless, the couple was checked into room 217, the presidential suite, as the only paying guests. That night, the author had a nightmare in which he saw his young son being chased down the hotel's long, empty corridors by a possessed fire hose. He woke drenched in sweat and stepped to the balcony to smoke a cigarette. By the time he stubbed it out, he'd worked out the bones of what would become his third novel and first bestseller, The Shining. King's nightmare turned out to be a sweet dream and breath of life for the historic landmark that served as inspiration for the fictional Overlook Hotel. The surge in tourism after the book was published in 1977 still is going strong, thanks in part to a 1980 film adaptation directed by Stanley Kerbick and starring Jack Nicholson. That movie, widely considered one of the scariest ever made, plays nonstop on a designated channel at the upscale hotel 90 minutes northwest of Denver. On the night of my stay, I could choose between King's Cinematic Fright Fest or the one playing out a few channels away at the second presidential debate while I waited for an 8 p.m. show by illusionist Aidan Sinclair, 
followed by a ghost tour through the hotel's darkened corridors, basements, and off-limit areas. In paranormal pursuits, as in politics, fear is all about what you choose to pay attention to. The Stanley is a shining example of how and where to make you look. So that is where Stephen King got his inspiration for The Shining. I really don't know what The Shining's really about. I just know there's Naked Lady, Red Rom, Two Little Girls, The Hotel. So a quick breakdown. Um, basically, this family is hired to upkeep the hotel in the winter. And so all the uh, employees, the hotel shuts down, everyone leaves, and the family will stay for the entire winter and take care of the hotel. And the last family before the family in the movie that did this, uh, the family ended up murdered. And so as you kind of go through the story, the, the main character, he ends up going crazy. And he tries to kill his entire family. And they encounter several ghosts. And uh, a bunch of other crazy things happen. Uh, and the family ends up escaping, but the, the father, the husband ends up dead and then you end up seeing him in a picture that was an old picture within the hotel it's like his his ghost self like somehow went into that photo but anyway then they came out uh just a, several years ago with the sh with the shining 2 uh where they explain that the shining is like this power this uh, like psychic type power and there's these group of people that uh try to hunt down people especially children to have the shining and eat them very very interesting so kind of like uh what's the name of that movie uh miss Peregrine's uh homes for home of peculiar children yeah so kind of think about like the shining is is some kind of uh, uh power or foresight or whatever and then there's a group trying to eat them to absorb that power so kind of similar enough, to that movie enough. so that's kind of what The Shining is about, and it is an absolute classic movie. Uh, but we're not here to talk about the movie. We're here to talk about the Stanley Hotel. Which is real. Which is real. So the Stanley earned a reputation as a paranormal nerve center long before King's arrival at the hotel, completed in 1909 as an elite 420-room retreat by entrepreneur and inventor, F.O. Stanley, co-founder of the Stanley Motor Carriage Company. During the years since his death in 1940, the apparition of Mr. Stanley reportedly has appeared to guests checking in at the reception desk and claims hold that the phantom of the late Flora Stanley, a pianist, sometimes can be heard tickling ivories in the empty music room. While some sports are more spiritually active than others, Guests have reported strange occurrences, shadowy figures, eerie laughter, flickering lights, and items moving on their own. And every room on the hotel compound, which includes a century-old lodge and concert hall. In recent decades, the campus has hosted countless paranormal investigations, including by teams from Travel Channel's Ghost Adventures and Sci-Fi's Ghost Hunters. Pros aren't the only ones who get to play here. Overnight visitors opting for the Ghost Adventure Package are assigned a room on the infamous fourth floor, 
a pocket-sized electromagnetic field reader, and other ghostly graft, including a mug bearing the chilling message, Red Rum. Murder spelled backwards for those that know that. That King's novel contributed to the culture of the hotel. I always tell my tour group I've investigated castles, dungeons, and buildings older than the U.S., and the Stanley is on the top of that list, said author and part-time paranormal investigator Richard Estep, who leads ghost tours on weekends. A native of England, Estep grew up in a haunted house that never gave the ghost to him personally, but left him with a spirited passion for the paranormal. And 21 years of investigating for books and television shows on both sides of the Atlantic, Estep has spent time living in England's oldest witches' prisons and a haunted hospital in Utah. I'm convinced the Stanley is one of the more active locations out there, he said. As hauntings go, the hotel is something of a phenomenon. Usually, haunted locations have a history with lots of blood and death, but the Stanley doesn't have that, which often takes people back. They want to know how many deaths have occurred here, and it's about as many as other hotels. Not that many. The location certainly has trauma, however. In the 1920s, a gas leak led to an explosion in room 217 that destroyed the second floor above the main dining hall and nearly killed a chambermaid, Elizabeth Wilson. She ultimately recovered and returned to her job, which she held until her death at age 90, at her home in Estes Park. Soon after, the hotel started receiving reports of a chambermaid hovering and walking through the closed doors in the rebuilt, in the rebuilt guest quarters. Unmarried couples sharing a bed complained of an invisible force wedging them apart as they slept, and single men woke to find their bags had been packed and left outside the door. Mrs. Wilson does what she wants to, who she wants to, Estep said. Despite numerous reported sightings of ghostly youths on the hotel's fourth floor and attic space, records show no child ever died there. Places get ghosts for different reasons, such as tragedy or bloodshed, but also people tend to haunt places where they were very happy during their lifetimes. I sense we're seeing people coming back because they deeply love this hotel. Generally speaking, whenever you find people, you find ghosts, and vice versa. Danielle Moon, who was 11, and her parents traveled to the Estes Park from Fort Morgan to see the famous elk, and hear their loud, distinctive bulging, they came to the Stanley for some sightseeing of a different nature. Hoping for a paranormal experience, the family set out to wander the hotel when they met a member of the cleaning staff who shared insights about the place's non-corporal guests. She said they don't like vacuums, said Boone, who struck up a conversation with me in the audience before the illusionist show. She leaned in and added in an exciting stage whisper, the ghosts hate it when vacuums are on, so they turn them off. All things considered, I replied, these sound like my kind of spooks. So what do you think's going on there, Blackjack? Uh, I'm not, I'm, I'm not really sure because like there's not, hasn't been, it's just interesting that the fact that there was no murders, no death, it's, it's the ghosts are just there because of the happy and. And with a vacuum, which is this weird, uh, ghost not liking the sound. 
So I, it, it's very, uh, it's very weird to, very weird. What, what, what are your thoughts? So it was, it was very interesting because, you know, through this whole time of doing these, um, a lot of the ghosts and things that we talk about have a, a big history of death and people yeah. dying. And, you know, like they said that just about every hotel has been around long enough is going to experience deaths because you got a lot of people coming in. But they said that this one, it's not that it experienced more than any, any other place, right? And, I, you know, we've all stayed at hotels and motels and, and whatnot. And I've never experienced anything myself staying at a place uh, like that. But I find the theory really interesting that ghosts can haunt places that they really enjoyed and, and had a good time and they were very happy at being. I find that a very neat uh, perspective on this. What do you what do you think about that, Blackjack? It's just it's very weird. It's different from what we've we discussed for the past three seasons. And well, we know I'm going to be haunting McDonald's because I love to eat at McDonald's, and it makes me really happy. <laughs> it makes my tummy really happy too. Makes so you plan on kicking the bucket one day and haunting. Uh, the chicken McNuggets. The Ronald McDonald is going to have a friend. So, uh, what are some rational explanations for what's going on? Um, and this article continues. It says, it comes as no surprise that the hotel's most requested room is 217. That is the one where Kevin, Stephen King stayed on that fateful visit more than 40 years ago, a space that allegedly drove Jim Carrey to flee in the middle of the night, never to return, when the actor was on location filming the 1994's Dumb and Dumber. The Stanley's true ghost central and most notoriously active locale is two floors up, however. When King visited, he supposedly had the run of the empty hotel and wandered up here when it was a wide open attic stretching from dormer to far dormer Dimly lit and filled with sheet draped furniture. Today it holds 25 guest rooms, including mine, room 413, at the peak of the hotel southwest corner with views of the front grounds. It was after midnight by the time the ghost tour ended and I made my way back upstairs past the second floor landing outside room 217, where a group of adults sat cross-legged on the floor Heads bent over cell phone cameras and EMF meters. They looked up. I nodded a good luck with the ghost and continued on to my room at the top of the stairs. In true historic fashion, the main house of the Stanley is not air-conditioned. So first thing I'd done after arriving earlier in the stuffy top-floored space was open the windows. Surely a gust through one of them is what swept the door closed behind me with the soul-jarring slam. And there's certainly a practical and rational explanation why a few minutes later I heard a quiet click and turned to see the same door slowly opening on an empty hallway. As Estep said, it's an old building, no straight lines. I rewatched a few scenes of The Shining for good measure, killed the TV, and must have finally drifted off. That is, until a blood-curdling shriek ripped me back, awake, prickling with adrenaline. The scream came again, echoing through the sleeping valley outside my windows. Sounded like a child. A child in terror for his life. And I wonder if Stephen King heard the elk too. 
Uh, definitely ain't staying there. Just ain't staying there. So the author is attributing a lot of what he believes uh, to be natural occurrences. And I, I know what you're already thinking. Well, you know, wouldn't a ghost be a natural occurrence? Yeah, but uh, right now we call them paranormal, paranormal occurrences. So he's trying to say, oh, it's the wind. It is the building settling. It's an old building. It's going to make creaking and cracking noises. So still ain't staying there. The question remains, though, Blackjack, is this place haunted? Yeah. Did it? And did the haunting itself have anything to do with the inspiration for Stephen King? Yeah. I believe so, too. So we're definitely going to write this one off as haunted, right? Yeah, you definitely don't go to a scary place and not sell a bestseller. So if I go to the scary place, I get to sell a bestseller? Yeah. As long as you can have the writing skills of Stephen King. Oh, okay. So that, that's the, the caveat to it, right? Yeah, yeah. But it's just you're going to get the inspiration, of course. So you're going to get a good inspiration from the bad place with scary ghosts. Yes. Actually, if if you listen to the article, uh, the author was stating that he believes that these are friendly ghosts, not necessarily scary ghosts. But then why would Stephen King have a scary uh, dream where something scary happened to his child if it is friendly ghosts? Because they aren't very friendly in the movie. Like I said, this is this is just to the writer. Uh, he he could have you know, switched it around. So you you don't think that the movie? Well, okay, what well, here here's a question: What's going to sell more, friendly ghost or scary ghost? Okay, but what's going to draw more tourists, scary ghost or friendly ghosts? Yeah, but who's going to make you almost what a billion dollars, scary ghost or a uh, friendly ghost? We got Casper, or we got some naked lady. <laughs> so, so because she's naked, she's automatically a bad ghost. Yeah. Well, maybe she lost her clothes somewhere. I don't. I don't know. I don't know either, Blackjack. But either way, um, there is definitely something going on at the Stanley Hotel. Uh, it, it would. It's. It's a place that unfortunately I'll probably never get to visit. I would love to visit there. It would be a lot of fun. I. I would definitely do the ghost tour. Um, I'd run around with my EMF meter. And and what what have you, whatnot, and and just see what you can find. So if you'd like to become a Brave the Basement ghoul, be sure to share this show on social media. Go to bravethebasement.weebly.com and sign up for our newsletter to get all the latest news and updates when each episode has been posted. If you have an eerie ghost photo you would like to share, you could reach us at bravethebasement at gmail.com. Your story can make it on the show and be featured on the website. You can also submit your story on Reddit under the subreddit Brave the Basement or in the YouTube comment section. If you have an eerie ghost photo you would like to share, please email us and include a description and your photo could be added to our photo gallery. And that brings us to the end. We hope that we brought you just a little fright. And remember when you were up late at night and you hear something in the other room that just doesn't seem right. It's okay if you need to turn on the light to protect yourself from things that go bump in the night. I'm your host, Ghoul the Rules. I'm your co-host, Black One Jack 2. And I hope you join us again. Until next time. <laughs>